On this podcast in the greater network known as Keeping It Real, a great focus and emphasis gets sought on Jesus Christ having center stage and all that's said and done. One big way he gets proclaimed and displayed happens on this podcast via the various testimonials of greatly divine experience and the powerful proclamation of the principles of scripture. The podcast has had a rhythm of alternating shows between me giving a message, what I describe as a monologue show, and shows where I have a conversation partner, a dialogue show. Today's edition of Keeping It Real takes a bit of a different turn. I, Ollie G, recently got interviewed by my new friend and fellow podcaster, Tim Holloway. Tim hosts what is known as the Kingdom Militia podcast. In addition, Tim currently trains many men to be leaders and entrepreneurs of Christ within their respective communities. He has become a conversation partner of this podcast. I greatly encourage everyone to check out episode number 27, Transforming versus Conforming Power, if not done so already. On this episode, Tim had much to say on the stark difference on how God and his love seeks to transform us versus a corrupt worldly system that seeks to conform us. Being a guest on his podcast had me excited and humbled. He gave me much opportunity to passionately proclaim the whys of keeping it real. I had plenty of leadway to emphasize the reason, the essence, and the vision for keeping it real. Speaking of vision, I deeply encourage everyone to check out the new revamped KIR website at www.kirradio.com. That's kirradio.com. Incredible special thanks to KIR's own media manager, Tanya Dunnett, for her dedicated work towards it. Keeping It Real is now not just a podcast, it's a network. All kinds of electrifying stuff can be discovered on the website. Now stay tuned for my interview with Tim Holloway on Why Keeping It Real. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast. Only tired of fake stuff? Shouldn't we turn down a stale brand of living? It's time to open our hearts to Christ. It's time to keep it real. Here's your host, Ollie G. All right, brothers, we are back. We are back with the Kingdom Militia, and I'm super excited. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time uh, talking to other men that I think would bring value to you. And uh, today's no different. We have uh, another man that I connected with. I I went out his podcast and was uh, spitting about the having a mindset and man, we connected uh, something great in very similar stories and all that stuff. So uh, I'd like to introduce my brother Oliver again. And um, uh, Oliver, introduce yourself to to the bin. Appreciate it, Tim. Um, yeah, yeah. Better known as as Ollie. That's uh, the way Ollie. a lot of uh, friends call me currently located in central Pennsylvania in, in a pretty rural setting, about an hour and 45 minutes so, uh, west of Philadelphia and an hour east of Harrisburg. So the Lord radically changed my life when I was about 20, almost 21 years old. I uh, did not grow up in a Christian home. Uh, I actually grew up in a very uh, emotionally abusive home yeah. and um, really grew up battling depression, had a lot of bouts of depression. Yeah. Um, even had suicidal thoughts, which now looking back on it is a very humbling thing, um, having all of those thoughts as an unbeliever. Uh, but the Lord radically changed my life. Uh, the Lord used a, a real good friend of mine, my best friend at the time. His mom was a, a Christian, born again believer and was okay. sharing the gospel with me. And uh, it didn't really take her all that seriously at first, but she issued me a challenge uh, okay. to read okay. the scriptures for myself. And I did. And I'm 
came right away got confronted with this Jesus. And I'm like, whoa, this is one really amazing dude. <laughs> and uh, um, even though I thought he was amazing, I didn't, um, you know, go right out and cry out for him uh, to save me initially. But through a two year process of heavy doses of conviction, yeah, uh, the Lord really uh, floored me and um, got to a point where I, you know, I hit my version of rock bottom. Yeah, yeah. Realized I needed him to transform my life. And uh, from that point forward, Lord's uh, led me and and done one thing after another in my life, yeah. life as I'm sure you can relate, as I'm, as I'm sure many of your listeners who uh, are on fire for the Lord can relate to. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I especially love the wooing of the the lead up to the to the decision or to the encounter you know the uh i i experienced a lot of wooing also uh i'm sure it happened at a very young age i remember going to church very very young and just sleeping you know underneath the pew and whatever but i, I do remember hearing a lot of different things and so you know i feel like the lord's process of wooing is very um starts very early on <laughs> you know in our lives and he just begins to woo and woo and woo and and um till he captures us completely so yeah amen it's always amazing however that happens yeah. it's, it's usually it's a, a process yes. yeah 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 it usually is uh i remember struggling in you know depression and all that stuff and um still reading the word because he was drawing me you know and i'm like well there's something about this you know and and I became just consumed with with reading it until something must have sunk in, <laughs> right? So, um, so you had that experience. Um, take us a little bit to to after the journey uh, before, like getting into the podcast, into like sharing your message and into the radio. Like, what was that uh, process like between those moments? Well, I'll tell you what, um, I appreciate the the question. The the journey had really, when I think back on it, I mean, it's now gone on 28 years and yeah. there are lots of interesting twists and turns. Um, right. <laughs> I felt like the Lord was calling me immediately to full-time ministry. So what does somebody do when they feel like they're called to full-time ministry? Mm -hmm. Head off to seminary, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I go to uh, Liberty uh, Theological Seminary, get a master's of arts and religion there. And and then I start the search for going into pastoral ministry. And I was in three different churches inside of seven years, serving as an assistant pastor, um, a Christian school teacher and educator, and a youth pastor. You know, when you're not exposed to non-traditional thinking and approach to things, um, you don't know any different, right? Because yeah. uh, most seminaries by and large teach um, that, you know, you ought to go to, you know, institutional church. And I know that um, as I dialogue with you and riff with you about that, I mean, I know that you and I have been greatly impacted by Frank Viola's works yeah. of uh, you know, pagan Christianity, reimagining church and insurgents and those kinds of works. But even in that process where I, I was going 
to these institutional churches and serving at them in pastoral ministry ways, mm-hmm. I knew something was off. I knew something right. was quite right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just going to a church service and staring at the back of someone's neck for an hour and a half, week after week, and and you know there are all of these uh, you know methods and ideas on how something should should function. I just knew something was off. And so I began looking at the scriptures in this fresh way because I really was crying out to God. There's got to be something else here. There's got to be something more, uh, something greater. And so I'm looking at the scriptures on how they gathered and what they did and how they reached people for the cause of Christ and for the kingdom of God. And I just saw that being really different than the way how things were in the places that I was serving in, places that friends of mine were serving in, and by and large, that was pretty much status quo almost all the way across the board, right? So then I come across Frank Viola's works, and it was like this furtherance. First of all, it was an affirming and confirming thing that God, what God was already communicating to me. And I'm like, aha, I've now come across something that, is in line with what was already stirring in my soul. And then there was this furtherance. There was this expansion of, wow, this is really blowing my mind and really blowing me away. Because when you go through seminary and you're in those traditional circles, it's a real eye-opener and a heartbreaker. You know, it's really, and I mean that in a positive sense when I say heartbreaker. And so it really helped me to understand that it's because I thought all along, man, I'm around a just a bunch of folks that it's just like I'm racking my brains with. I'm just not being able to connect with and whatever. And then I realized it's not so much the people as it is the system. Yeah. And I realized, wow, there is a system that is broken here. Yeah. And from there births this search for how is God leading me to serve him. And then out yeah, from yeah. that births, keeping it real KIR podcast, which nice, I've been doing. Nice, nice. It's first started as a radio show. I was on the radio airwaves for about six years here locally. And I had a YouTube channel and all that. And YouTube was kind of getting on my nerves. And um, so I just then um, transitioned it to it being a podcast, something that nice. was a a lot more friendly as far as, you know, being able to get the message out and people being able to listen to it freely. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I was thinking about uh, church history as you're talking, cause, um, you know, I ended up going, it was an online Bible college and stuff, but, uh, ended up kind of going the same route of, okay, so I'm going to go into the ministry. I need to get educated sort of thing. Right. Um, and there was a church, uh, history course, um, it, it was good. It was good in the sense of when you take, um, maybe Catholicism's version of church history <laughs> and you, you know, you compare, it was good in that factor to where it's like, yeah, it kind of shows you the, the true origins of, of organic Christianity and how it progressed and how it went to institutionalism. So, so it was good in that factor, but when, you know, you read uh, Frankie's book, and he, tra- he 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 traces back each practice and where it came from, and then also um, 
the way that the 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 early church met and when it it went to solo pastor in this kind of hierarchy and you get like uh, you get a piece that was missing in the church history that you were taught which That's absolutely right. uh, nobody's taught right and i think if we were taught then we would maybe go back to doing it by the book right <laughs> like, exactly. let's go back to 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 our origins but uh you know in in that church history book i do remember like constantine being um you know as a hero of the faith and a champion and you know when you really look at it and you look at the other details you see it was the it was the uh, disintegration of christianity as we know it um that it no longer existed in its organic form mm. um scary scary um uh, thought and no wonder it's called the dark ages <laughs> uh, but uh all right so keeping it real man what was the passion behind that i gotta say uh i told you when i went on your podcast that uh that name keeping it real you know right it reminds me of you know being honest and vulnerable and telling the truth and, 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 uh, you know, stop all the, the hiding that, that goes on in church. You know, you put on your happy face and you just, you just come in Oakley, Oakley. How are you? Yeah. I'm blessed with highly favored or, you know, all of these different things. But so it, it spikes a, a lot of things in my mind that the title, where did you get the passion for that? And where did you get that, that title from brother? Well, I tell you what, brother, I really appreciate that question. Because that goes right into my wheelhouse. Okay. The Lord, through the experiences that I described in pastoral ministry and describing that something was off, something okay. serious was off. One of the things that just burdened me intensely, I mean, I would go home crying. I would go home broken, pouring my heart out to God, Lord, there's something missing. <laughs> Because, yeah. and and this is not to say, because I know I've got friends of mine that hold near and dear to going to their institutional church. It's not to, you know, get a sledgehammer out and just totally yeah. condemn them, make them feel terrible or anything like that. I just know what, what was in it for me and what God was working in my life was there's something way more and something way greater here. And my experience in the institutional church circles is there's a lot of superficiality. Yeah. There's a lot of shallow, deluded living. I mean, you show up to church and everybody's happy, right? Everybody's got their Sunday best on whatever version of their Sunday best is. And nobody's got any problems. <laughs> you have problems. Um... They're only sharing it with like their best friend or family member that's there with them. Like... And I yeah. didn't see that in the New Testament at all. Like Peter's preaching a sermon on Pentecost and the, the these new brothers and sisters in Christ approach him and the rest of the apostles, they were pricked in their heart. And they go to him and said, men and brethren, what should we do? You know, they no, were no. hungry. They were eager. They were, they were all in, you know, and you see these instances of brokenness where even the Lord Jesus himself was so broken and so burdened to get off constantly to a quiet place to pray. I mean, we don't have that in 
21st century Christendom by and large. Yeah. And that yeah, burdened yeah. me. And so I thought, okay, now Lord's moving me on from this. Now, what is he moving me on to? And I just knew I want some sense of reality, reality yeah, yeah. in Christian living. And I tell you what, Tim, you know, I'm working at my job, minding my own business at the, at the time, you know, working, you know, go, doing my duty, providing for my daughter and I, and what have you. And I just was praying for, uh, praying to the Lord for the opportunity to have a radio show. Now, I didn't think there, there was, a, you know, a zero to million one chance that God was going to answer that prayer. I admittedly did not pray with a lot of faith. <laughs> Uh, that yeah, God yeah. was going to answer that prayer. But I just uh-huh. I, I just communicated to the Lord. I said, man, um, this is what I'd love to do. I would, I would love to be a, a radio show host and doing a Christian show, uh, being able to, you know, preach God's word, proclaim it. And there was a representative from the radio show that said, yeah, we were doing a small business for a weekend thing. And and I'm like, oh, yeah, nobody from the business wanted to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'll talk about the business. And so I thought it was a one and done. But I'm like, yeah. And I, they were giving me leadway to be able to share the faith and everything. And I thought, hey, great. I get yeah, one nice. opportunity to do this. Well, the host that was, you know, MC in this event said, well, you know what? We were actually talking about and thinking about uh, having a Christian radio show at our radio station. And who better than to find a local person to host it? And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> smokes, man. I'm like, God, I'm friend with this. Not even the faith of a mustard seed. And here you yeah, come yeah. showing up, you know. So there, you know, the radio show is birthed. And now I've been doing podcasting for a little over a year. And been been so loving it, as I know you do with um, your Kingdom Militia podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, you know, we're creating a, a, a tribe of men um, who want to, you know, go on that journey, man. First, the kind of healing journey, and that is tapping into the name of your podcast. And that's like, uh, I'm going to get real. I'm going to get real with God. <laughs> Be like, I'm going to open up the the compartments that you know, I've, I've stashed and be like, well, you know, God, I think about you when I read your word or, or when I pray, um, but led them into, you know, a different compartment of life to where it's like, you know, he can touch the, the dark places. He can touch the, the sexual dysfunction. He can touch the, you know, the, the depression or, or whatever it is that needs healing, um, you know, be willing to keep it real and uh, open that up and uh, let them have access to those areas. Um, Cause you know, I, I personally believe that, that there are some fundamentals to, to make our Christian life a lot easier. And the first one, of course, is openness and honesty with God, but, uh, and then letting him speak his new identity over you. Um, you know, when you hear God say, I love you and I call you son, it's all over. I mean, the kingdom of hell, but watch out, man, yeah. <laughs> once you go grab a hold of that identity, you know, uh, it's, I love it, brother. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So as far as like your, um, your show in your main passions, uh, you know, in regards to, you know, what just like lights you up, um, let's talk about that, brother. Uh, what's the first thing that comes to mind with that? I would say it's subject matters that by and large, most Christians 
and virtually almost all pastors and teachers do not want to touch. Okay. You know, you had actually just mentioned a couple of them, you know, mm-hmm. battling with depression, dealing with addiction. Yeah. I mean, you might hear those things referenced in a number of Christian circles, whether if it's a Sunday school class or an institutional church service or a conference or seminar, but you don't really hear those things given the attention that I believe that they need in order for people to get help that they need. Yeah. If you always look at when Jesus came across someone or confronted someone along life's narrow way, he met the person with where they were. Yeah. The man at the pool of Bethesda, for example. I mean, he didn't send a telegram. That's the way they can probably communicate it back then, right? They didn't have the internet <laughs> or cell phones or anything, right? He, the Lord Jesus could have sent a messenger that could have found another messenger that could have found another messenger and said, hey, give this, drop this nice word of encouragement for this guy by the pool of Bethesda yeah. and make him feel good today, even though he's been by this pool for 14 years <laughs> and hasn't been able to get to the pool to get healing, right? Yeah. No, Jesus goes there out of his way to meet the guy where he is and says, oh, by the way, oh, yeah, you know what? Today's going to be your deal, your day of healing, brother. Yeah. And by the way, don't tell anybody, right? Because my time's not yet come. But the guy couldn't control himself, right? Because that how how what the brand of the monumental moment that was. Okay. Yeah. Or whether if it's the woman at the well, same kind of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, the disciples even thought he was nuts for talking to a Samaritan woman. Yeah. But he met the woman where he could meet her and met her in her time of need. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the guy you're with now is not your husband. (laughs) Talk about raw. Yeah, raw. (laughs) And so that's just, I look at Jesus's ministry. I look at the apostle Paul's ministry and the apostles' ministry And it was so real with the folks that they were talking to. And that kind of thing, I think, is just so missing in a large scale kind of a way. Yeah. Anything that's done in the name of Jesus Christ today. Things that are done done in the name of Jesus is like come to our potluck dinner. (laughs) Come to, you know, come to our prayer meeting where we're going to pray for all the people that are listed in our bulletin, you know, half of which we don't even know who they are. And, you know, it's so impersonal. And it the, the word that I think of is connection. Like, mm-hmm. I am hoping that the Keeping It Real podcast can develop a connection with new people that are looking to enter into listening and subscribing to the podcast and expanding the connection and strengthening the connection yeah. with others who are already connected with God in a strong and real way. Yeah. I love that brother. I, uh, as you were talking, my, my mind went to, um, there's a, there's a story in the Bible, uh, with Jesus where, uh, Peter makes a confession of him and he's like, you know, who do men say that I am? And I, and I did a, a research on this and studied like the whole context and, you know, where they were located and, and the ramifications of the whole conversation and everything that was being said. And what they correlated it to would be like going to the, the most demonic place that you can go. 
Let's go to Caesarea Philippi. Let's go. Let's go to the most demonic place that we can go. And let me take my, my band of men uh, uh, there with me. And there was, um, there was a rock there that was the opening of what they call the gates of hell. And that's why he said, you know, the whole statement after I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it because they were in the realm of the demonic and where the gates of hell um, uh, that people thought where it was located. So around all that is, is the prostitution and all this. And so in my mind, it's like, well, nowadays that would be like going to these prostitution rings or to the darkest place that you can think of. And here's Jesus Christ taking his, his band of brothers, if you will, to the, to the darkest place that you can go and say, you know what? I'm going to build my church on this. You're like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Exactly. Tim, you know what? Not everyone may necessarily be called to that. Yeah. But I appreciate you bringing that out because you you had asked me in the prior question, you know, explain keeping it real and what's the burden of your heart with that. Most Christians, they may not admit this, but listen, this is the vibe in 21st mm -hmm. century Christianity. When we think of somebody who's a prostitute, we think they're dirty, they're nasty. They're ugly. They can't, they're unlovable. They're, you know, we, we would steer clear of them. Kind of like, you know, how the disciples or the Jews were with the Gentiles, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is saying, uh-uh, no, we are to love them. Yeah. And that is the huge difference between, you know, folks that really have a kingdom of God mindset yeah. And are kingdom oriented and that really have been uh, have gone deeper and want to go deeper yet. And versus the folks that are just, you know, superficial and are content with that high level of comfortable Christianity. Yeah. And I've yeah. oftentimes proclaimed that, you know, the Lord's probably uncomfortable with our with our high level of comfort in today's Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. I, uh, you know, part of my history was, um, going back and trying to uh, minister to the kids that I used to be, you know, cause, mm -hmm. um, even though I was messed up and traumatized, I was, I was trying to, to give back in a sense, even though I didn't overcome all of my issues, but, um, yeah, so we had gang kids and they were dual diagnosis, which means they were sex, sexual offenders, you know? And so you're dealing with the gang ideation and the sexual offense and, um, you know, uh, not really, uh, something that somebody sees salvageable, yeah. you know, especially as they become adults and get locked into their, uh, behavior. But, uh, the reality was, is, is if they came to the light and got exposed when they were young the the recidivism rate is so low so the mission what we're doing it was great i mean we were we were keeping these um kids from becoming pedophiles um but you know in the the context of maybe the extreme right form of christianity let's just line them all up and shoot them <laughs> you know it's like you know a different different mindset but yeah uh, jesus goes into the dark dark places man i just i just love that about him yeah. Um, hey, um, uh, speak a word of encouragement, man, to the, to the men 
Um, so uh, they're all men that listen to this, to this podcast. I have like three uh, percent women. I think they just like what I say. I don't know. <laughs> they're maybe they're listening to tell their their husbands. Praise God for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, praise <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Give a, a word of encouragement to to the brothers out there. You know, on this journey, um, if there's anything that you can think of, because right now we're being bombarded on every uh, front. Uh, sexually, temptation, the world, the pressures to conform to the world. And the brothers need, um, you know, a word of encouragement to what's going on in the world today, man. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we could spend all day, all night on that, but appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity just to maybe speak a word yeah. that will be encouraging to the listening audience. Uh, first off, I will say very bluntly and very humbly, I have not arrived. It, it, I'm a work in progress. As I've been talking about keeping it real and how, yeah. you know, the, the, the point for that and the uh, purpose behind that and the burden that's saturated in keeping it real and how it's so different from a lot of things done in the name of Jesus Christ today, I haven't fully arrived as an individual at all. And look, there are so many things that are bombarding our culture, mm -hmm. right? I mean, back in the day when you and I were kids, you know, it started off with just radio and TV with the bunny ears, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember and then, that. you know, TV got to have cable TV and then it got to have pay-per-view channels and movie theaters or, you know, opened up all over the place. And then, you know, there's the internet and the expansion of the internet. And then now more recently, we've had YouTube and social media. Okay. So there are a lot of venues where our culture can be bombarded with all kinds of corruption. Yeah. And if it was hard to steer clear of back in yesteryear, it's going to be all the more difficult now with all these yeah. avenues, obviously, at people's disposal. And men especially are susceptible to a number of the things that you have cited. Uh, whether if it's pornography or violence or um, just listening to videos and different voices and things that often angry. bring <laughs> destructive messages. Yeah, angry. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So my word of encouragement is, and I know it's hard because our culture is inundated with that stuff. My encouragement is to turn off all of that noise. Mm. And go. I know that that's very hard to do, but that involves a discipline. And, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. And we know that that's one of the fruits of the spirit is uh, self-control or di self-discipline, depending yeah. upon what version you read. We've got to look to turn those things down and turn them off. Um, not off completely because there is some good on mm -hmm. some of those venues, I mean, yeah. you're all over social media. So when people turn into a cat like you, they're going to get positively impacted, right? Right, right. Um, but the real issue is, is what is on the throne? Is yeah. on the throne my urge to run to social media that is filled with all kinds of content, much of it being bad, is what is on the throne TV where there's all of these shows and all of these um, cable news and whatever messages spewed on there, much of it being bad and will corrupt my soul. 
or is what is on the throne Jesus Christ and his kingdom. That is really what is of issue. And when people feel like they can't break away from in the internet or they can't break away from YouTube or social media, most of that is filled with corruption. And it means that the devil has a foothold in their life somehow, yeah. some way. Yeah, and man. the authority that Christ should have on the throne of the heart of that man has been replaced by a fleshly lust of appeal that Satan has replaced it with. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the issue. And so we can only serve either Christ. And if we're not serving Christ, then we're serving some aspect of the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's good. You know, to the guys listening right now, uh, we're going to take action on what was just said right now. And that is, I want you to, to listen to the, to the voice of Christ in your heart and ask this question, like, where have I given, uh, the enemy a foothold? Uh, where have I, uh, or how have I disthroned you? Okay. Those two questions, like sit with that for a little bit. Where have I given the enemy a foothold and where have I disthroned you inside of my life? Okay. Like come up with that, like right now, like listen to his voice, because there's one thing that I know about God is that he's going to, if you ask, he's going to show you and he's going to reveal it to you. If you open and say, I, I accept the light, shine on it, the light will shine. Okay. And after that, you've, you've noticed this thing, like, um, say this with me, that is that I break this, this mindset and this allegiance with these thoughts and these paradigms that I've accepted. I, I, I no longer stand in agreement with those actions and behaviors. And I align myself with the spirit of God and I accept his empowerment and strength to help me overcome this thing. And I will lean upon him. He is my strength and he is my source. And I kick whatever was on the throne off and I allow God his rightful place back inside of my life in Jesus name. Amen. What a powerful, powerful call to action, brother. Yeah, uh, right on. I, yeah, I think he, the brothers are are going to feel that. Uh, let uh, our, already know that they can find your podcast at uh, Keeping It Real on probably all the sources. But where else can uh, people connect with you? The greatest way that people can actually connect with me is on my website. If you go to okay. kirradio.com, that's kirradio.com. On there is are all the episodes of the podcast, okay. but there's also some, uh, you know, there's a bio of me in there. They can come, they can learn more about me. They can learn more about the show. Some of the regular guests uh, that are on the show. I have conversation partners a lot. I've had you on. Plan on having you on again, brother, because awesome. I tell you what, that was a fired up time. <laughs> so, uh, wow. you know, and there's um. You know, some other information on there as far as Facebook page, Instagram page. Um, you know, there's a, a quite a bit of information on the Facebook page as far as a lot of words of encouragement along the lines of Bible verses and quotes yeah. from, you know, esteemed Christian authors. We've done some reels on, on some things that people have uh, gravitated to, which is nice. 
Nice. And so uh, the, the greatest way is the website, but yeah, they can find the podcast on Apple or Spotify. If they do a search KIR radio live, that's KIR radio live. They can find it that way too. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, brothers, I would encourage you to take action. I know that you're listening right now, but if you just do that little side click on the description of the podcast, you will see the link uh, to my brother's podcast and the link to his website. Like I encourage you to click on that uh, as soon as possible right now. If you just have a second, just click on it just to keep it up until, you know, you, you stop your travel or whatever it is. So it stays in your mind, but uh, uh, go there. Cause I'm sure it's going to be some amazing resources. So brother Ali, I, man, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for taking this time to, to minister to these men. I know that uh, there was going to be a nugget and a big take home for quite a few guys. So I appreciate well, that brother. I really hope so. And um, God bless you for all that you're doing. And uh, you keep at it. I tell you what, man, you know, the, the, our culture is starving for a this kingdom militia movement that you are undertaking. And they're starving for some real uh, sense of Jesus yeah. and a real sense of his kingdom. So I appreciate you having me on. It's been an honor. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that.